Hello, hello, hot goslings. Welcome back to the Hot Goscast. I'm so excited to be here with everyone today because this is one of the episodes I've been most eagerly anticipating. Rejection. <laughs> Aranda really loves. I love it. Love he rejection. eagerly anticipates getting rejected. <laughs> I can't get enough. Oh, but before we learn why, uh, here's a little bit about Speak About It. We are Speak About It, a consent education and sexual assault prevention organization that brings our unique brand of pleasure-focused, inclusive, positive sex and consent education to thousands of students across the country each year. And Hot Goss is our popular Facebook Live series where we, once a month, dive deeper into all the different topics around sex and consent that you're told you shouldn't talk about, but you, like, totally should. And the Hot Goss cast is our all-audio podcast version of this series for your friends who aren't on social media, um, where we go extra in-depth with interviews and deep conversations about all the goss that we talk about. So definitely subscribe and check us out online at www.speakaboutitonline.com or on social media at We Speak About It. On this episode, we are going to talk about what rejection is, what we're scared of it, and how it's all related to consent. And then the second part, we're going to have a really special treat for everyone. We've contacted a local professional dating coach, Danica, slash the main wing woman, and we're going to talk about how she coaches people through rejection. She is great, and we actively want her job. Yeah, we are totally, totally going to steal her job. (laughs) But before we do that, let's uh, get into the episode. Woo! Woo! Um, I do actually think that it is a hot topic right now. I'm sort of like, I'm really interested in it. We talk about it a lot, and I'm sort of curious, like, why right now is this something that we're talking about? Yeah, so I mean, I think right now in society, it's a really important topic, as we're talking about, like, consent culture and Mm -hmm. cancel culture and Me Too and um, all of these things that a really fundamental piece of talking about getting consent is also looking at the fact that like sometimes you're going to hear no right rejection Mm. is fundamentally a piece of that um and then i think that rejections come up in a lot of the past topics that we've gone through yeah um but we actually haven't really made much of a uh, a space to talk about it outside of that so we figured we just needed our own episode just to kind of deal with some of that yeah yeah, yeah. we're interested in talking about rejection and 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 we we talk about it like in our show there's Mm -hmm. this one line that we say it's like if you ask for consent and someone says no, we can mm-hmm. guarantee that you won't burst into flames. Mm-hmm. And like for some reason, as the years have gone on, that line has like resonated with me so much more. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I have like realized how scared people are mm-hmm. of rejection. Mm-hmm. And I'm sort of curious why. We as humans, we fundamentally like we don't want to be wrong. And I'm like not just talking about like our opinions being wrong. Right. But I think that like we fear that there's something like, inherently wrong with us. Mm. And so when we are kind of displaying ourselves or giving of ourselves to a person, so, like with our heart or our body, um, and then we hear no, we get a rejection, like that can feel really scary as if they're rejecting us as a human being, as if something about us is undesirable or unlovable. Mm. Um, and that's really, really hard. Right? Yeah. And so like, I think like that is like fundamentally the yeah. reason why rejection feels right. so daunting and so scary for people. Like, just on a very simple level, that like yeah. nice things feel nice, right? Like right. we want the things that we want. And so when we aren't able to get that thing, like 
it just sucks. Yeah. Like, so there's like a, a sort of reticence or um, vulnerability, mm -hmm. I think, sort of across our society, and also a desire to feel good. Mm -hmm. And I was, I always like to think about the flip side of the equation, like if rejection is scary, mm -hmm. is rejecting someone scary? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. Yeah. Um, cause I think there's like a lot of reasons why somebody might be afraid to reject someone also. Okay. I think that like, if you like the person or at the very least don't have any reason to like have any ill will towards them, mm -hmm. right? Like you might be afraid of hurting their feelings or coming off harsh or like damaging their self-esteem because we know that rejection feels hard. Right. Um, I think that their like, identity plays a lot into it. So I oh. think that like if somebody has a marginalized identity, it can be really hard to um, want to reject someone because you fear for safety, right? And right, so right. if the person is like physically larger or stronger, like if the person has more social power, um, that can be really scary to reject yeah. them because like you run the risk of like whatever realm their privilege runs in uh -huh. coming against you. And yeah, so that yeah, can yeah, really yeah. Scary. Um, and then the last one that kind of pops into my head is I think that um, rejection can be really hard when it's a person that you should be attracted to, oh, right? Oh, the shoulds. And, yeah, and so right, <laughs> yeah. Like, if society's telling you that this person's a good option, or like society's telling you that you should be hooking up with people, um, so that because they're like attractive or have a good job or whatever, mm -hmm. like they're a catch, um, it can be really hard to want to reject them, right? Because you're like, oh, like what if people expect me to be doing it, like no, I'm not mm -hmm. fitting in, or what if like I never get anything better than this, right? Like I'm right. throwing away this good thing. Um, yeah, so I think rejection can be like rejecting someone can be very. Yeah, scary there's also. like lots of pressure on that side of the scale I think about I've been in lots of situations where like oh it feels scary or like mm -hmm. weird to reject someone but also there's been lots of situations in my life like in flirting or hooking up that mm -hmm. like I just haven't had the opportunity to say no yeah and like that's equally like a like situation yeah I think that's fundamentally like a big piece of like flirting like flirting yeah refer back to our hot gossip on flirting <laughs> <laughs> and consent and all of that where it's like you have to give someone the space to be able to say no right? mm. I think that like um that we think that demonstrating interest which is like important right um we think that demonstrating interest sometimes is the same as like taking someone else's choice away and like that's not good and like that's not important right that we want to make sure that we persistence can be flattering but persistence can also feel oppressive it can also feel like like uh, like a threat in and of itself and so, yeah, you have to make sure that you're, like, leaving space for somebody to have some sort of desire. You have to remember that, like, it takes two or more to tango. And so, <laughs> like, you have to make sure that um, the other person wants to be doing what you're doing as well. Right, you can't dance with someone who's not dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, because, like, in that flirting conversation, one of the things that kept coming up when I was interviewing people is that um, that if you were in an interaction with somebody that was flirting with you, but you didn't really like it, you weren't into it, mm -hmm. they would say they were hitting on me. Oh, yeah. Whereas, yeah, whereas, like, when people were like, oh, like, it was flattering, or I liked the person, so they, it felt like I was flirting with them. There's a difference between yeah. hitting on somebody, like, and flirting with them. You want to be in tandem. You want to be doing it with them. Um, there's so, language is, like, so telling yeah. about situations that we, like, don't know how to name. Yeah. It's fascinating. Um, You had this, speaking of language, you had this, like, this metaphor about mm -hmm. doors that I found like oh, really yeah. helpful that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, so yeah. It's, so like when you're flirting with someone, right, and like um, there's obviously a risk of rejection. That I think it's the difference between like opening the door and inviting mm -hmm. the person in. Like that's demonstrating interest. You're opening the door, inviting them in if they would like to right, come, and right. then hanging out in that room. Um, versus opening the door and like reaching out and pulling this person in, <laughs> like, yeah, like 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 one is like scary and yeah. overwhelming, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. and yes, that shows that you want them in the room but also it's taken their choice to walk into the room away from you. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's actually, like, a great metaphor for consent and lots of other things. Thank you so, so much. Like, put that in your back pocket, <laughs> use it, keep it. I'm going to, like... Cite me. Oh, my God.
Um, 2019. The, I feel like I want to switch gears a little bit, but it's sort mm -hmm. of related, mm -hmm. um, which is about like the the person doing the rejecting, the person pulled into the room. Mm. Like, what is their responsibility for the other person's feelings that they're rejecting? Ooh, that, that's where it gets complicated. I think that like. I think to some extent there is responsibility, right? Like, I don't think that okay. it's like, I don't think you're 100% responsible for the other person's feelings. Yeah. But I think that, like, remembering that there's a human being that you're in this interaction mm -hmm. with. And I think even it's a matter of remembering that, like, are you rejecting this human being, like, wholly as a person? Okay. Or are you rejecting a specific interaction with them? Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's like, me being like, Catherine, I'm in love with you. I think we should date. And mm -hmm. you being like, oh, I don't think I'm interested in that. Like, yeah. but I'd love to keep being your friend, right? Yeah, You're not rejecting yeah. me as a person. Like, you just don't want this specific set of situations that I said. Yeah. Well, I think and about so, like the bar example of mm -hmm. like, even if it's someone you don't want anything to do with, like, being like, I want to go home tonight. Please leave me alone. Mm -hmm. It's different than being like, I want to go home tonight. I hope you're alone forever. <laughs> earlier about like um before we were talking yeah that, like about like being like a female socialized person yeah, in this world like, yeah and that like sometimes there's this like people are being so persistent or being mm -hmm, aggressive towards mm -hmm. you and like it feels icky to like have to like be nice to them mm -hmm. um and i think oh, that's fair that like don't be nice to people that aren't valuing like aren't your, nice yeah really don't be nice to people that aren't nice to you right but like yeah if somebody's taking away what you need to feel mm -hmm. like safe and supported and capable of thriving mm -hmm. in a situation i think it's less necessary to like prioritize niceness right. i'm not saying like smash a glass over their head but like i think that like calmly trying to like, get them out of the way um might not be what your tactic is anymore yeah. i think that's okay like if you feel like you no longer can just like be nice to them i think that's fine yeah we're not saying like be mean and violent we're saying be assertive yeah and like i think assertion especially on female bodies mm -hmm. reads as uh uh being mean mm -hmm. um but so people who are getting rejected need to sort of reframe mm -hmm. that in their heads in an interesting way. I We had this interesting conversation about kindness and like my knee-jerk reaction to be like, don't tell me to be nice when I'm rejecting people was, was very prevalent. But then I was like, I think there are situations where that knee-jerk reaction um, or at least the concept of kindness needs to be pushed back upon and it's like kindness and respect in rejecting does need to take center stage. I think mm -hmm. there are specific instances where like you do have to be I think kind. Oh, yeah. no, I think I, so right this, yeah this feels like um another throwback <laughs> to an hot goss about our uh, intersectionality in dating mm -hmm, conversations mm -hmm, where I think that it's so like if the reason you're rejecting someone is based off of, like an identity like I think yeah. like, that feels a little messed up yes you should probably be kinder and like reevaluate what it is so mm -hmm. for example if a person is saying like I categorically don't date black people mm -hmm. that's like pretty messed up that's rooted in a lot of like phobias and isms and like and it's perpetuating Racism, a lot of yeah. for um and yeah. so it feels like that's something that you should like really question for yourself about yeah. like all right so what is it that i'm feeling this way about right because right. like someone argued like i can't make myself be attracted to something i'm not attracted to and that's not what we're saying we're saying question what it is that you like mm -hmm. want in the situation because like this you have not met every black person like surely there is <laughs> one that is gotta be. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah so i think if you're categorically dismissing someone based off an identity um, without knowing who they are, mm -hmm. that's where, like, rejection, right. like, becomes a problem. And you need to really, like, question that. And yeah. Right. So, like, phrase, like, oh, I don't want to hook up with you because you're black or because you're gay or because, like, that is unkind, racist, like, mm -hmm. not okay. Well, and it's really reductive. It's and like, reductive, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, like, taking a person from being, like, a whole person to, like, just being this one small aspect mm -hmm. of their identity. And, mm -hmm. like, that's, and, like, 
there's few other ways or like realms that you would take one small aspect of a person's identity and use that like entirely as what you don't want to be with them. Right. Well, and it goes back to your your sort of like the party line of like reject the action, not the person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to ask our closing question, mm. which is back on the, putting the focus back on the the, the person getting rejected. Perfect. How do you handle rejection well? Great question. <laughs> so it's funny. I think that like I think there's a lot of pieces to it, mm-hmm. and I don't know which one has to come first, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that like so I'm saying them not necessarily in any particular order. Um, but I think that respecting somebody's no is really important, right? Mm-hmm. Like, respecting the no and, like, accepting it are two different mm-hmm. things, right? And mm-hmm. so, like, accepting it might be, like, being, like, totally okay with it and being happy mm-hmm. about it. Like, that may or may not happen, whatever. But, right. like, at very least, you need to respect the fact that somebody said no mm-hmm. to you, right? And, like, not keep pushing. Um, and not even necessarily try to, like, get too much reason about, like, mm-hmm. why they didn't. Um, but I was saying, like, think about your favorite meal in the entire world that, like, I'm sure that, like, you want to eat it most times, but there might be sometimes you're like, oh, I just don't think I'm in the, m- the mood for that. Mm-hmm. It's a meal that you think has value. It's a mood that you think is tasty. And, like, yeah, you just don't yeah. want it then. I think it's the same thing with the person then. Just because someone's rejecting you doesn't mean you're not a tasty snack. It mm-hmm. just means that, like, they just don't want that at that exact yeah. moment. So that. Um, I think next is remembering. Actually, I guess that's related. So then remembering that you have value, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you are still that tasty snack, even if someone doesn't want to eat you in that moment. Um <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Speak about <laughs> it. Endorses cannibalism. <laughs> but yeah, like remember <laughs> that, right? That like that you still have value, and so like respect their no. Remember that you still have value. Yeah. Like somebody at some point, like you're a meal that someone wants. This mm-hmm. food metaphor is going too this, long. Yeah, it's too much. We're so hungry. We're never going to have a new. <laughs> and I'm like doing again. this way too <laughs> Um, and then lastly, I think is like finding a way to um, actually, it's maybe two things. Be so finding a way to be gentle to yourself, yeah. so doing something that like feels like good and re-empowering mm-hmm. and like helps you to remember that you have that value. And then I think remembering too that like there's other times in your life that you face rejection, like outside mm-hmm. of that. So like if you asked to use someone's phone or borrow someone's car and they said no, like it wasn't the end of the world. It wasn't because right. they like it wasn't because they hated you. It's because like cars are expensive and someone like doesn't necessarily trust everyone with like a big mm-hmm. ticket item and like hearts are expensive and like not everyone just wants to like throw their hearts around. So, so pricey. My heart yeah. is so pricey. <laughs> I'm real expensive, y'all. <laughs> You are so good at being, like, tender with people's feelings, and those are such, like, tender ways to treat oneself and sort of, like, rewrite the narrative about rejection. I think that, like, I don't want to be like, in America, but, like, in America, we have such a problem with rejection, and we sort of view sex and dating as sort of an extension of the, like, I hate to be like, the capitalist machine, but, like, Mm -hmm. this sort of, like, go-getter attitude, Mm -hmm. and, like, so when someone is rejected in that realm, it feels really devastating, and I think it can, it can the knee-jerk reaction to, like, to be get defensive and, like, be like, no, but, 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 but really can, mm-hmm. can be harmful and can, can be the greatest offender uh, to affirmative consent. So we hate to cut that conversation short, but we wanted to save time for the highlight of our episode, our conversation with Danica, aka the main wing woman. We learned so much from her. We know you will, too, so keep on listening. Who are you? (laughs) I am a professional wing woman, aka dating coach. Um, I give ethical and practical dating advice to heterosexual men. I grew up having a lot of male friends, and I, you know, 
talking about dating and talking to them about their feelings and stuff like that. And it always, like, it really baffled me as to why guys just, like, don't talk to other guys or why they, you know, they're not okay being vulnerable and they think that they have to put on this facade. So I, I really try to work with them on that because I'm also fascinated by behavioral psychology and relationships and how people tick and interact with each other and build bridges rather than walls. Like, what, what are the, the tools there? And so I kept doing that and kind of one day just saw something on Facebook of like a dating coach and, you know, watched a video and I was like, wow, that's that's a really cool job. It's kind of like somebody who's really into dancing that, you know, grows up loving it and then sees a choreographer and thinks, oh, wow, like, people people could pay me to do that? Ooh. Very uh, interesting. Yeah. Follow-up question. So you're dating coach, specifically yes. for heterosexual men, and I'm curious, like, why specifically heterosexual men? I used to just try to coach everybody, but I think casting your net too wide and not having a niche can really just be overwhelming. The most important thing to me was that I really, really just care, and the dating and relationship advice that gets um, given to men most of the time is horrible <laughs> and it's all pickup artists like mm -hmm. how to get laid how to get you know women to want you and it's all very superficial and all very um unethical so it's more just providing people the tools and advice for that they can use in their everyday lives and in an ethical sense and not manipulate women because by you know helping men i think um my motivation is to also help women I'm trying to help nice guys have a fighting chance. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because it sounds almost like um, they're doing some unwriting of the like really popular narratives of dating. Because um, a lot of like the niche conversations, like we were just at the National Sex Ed Conference, mm -hmm. um, and basically all those conversations were like automatically coming from like the kind of like relatively queer space where we're including a lot of other identities, but like the mainstream just isn't talking about that. Um, or is beginning to talk about it a little bit, so it's nice to have someone on the ground level like really doing that work to like write a healthier narrative for heteronormative things. Yeah, right. and you know, what is normal for uh, a straight man? What is normal for a woman? What does it mean to be a man? Like I ask guys these questions all the time because often I start talking to a guy and they just break down because they grew up being told that their feelings don't matter and guys don't really talk about these things and this is what you need to be a man, this is what you need to provide for a woman to you know, want to be with you and I'm just kind of working against these things and asking them to be more sensitive and be more open and vulnerable and that doesn't mean that you're not a good man or what our society thinks a good man should be. Cool. cool. So I'm curious about what are some of the things that people would come to you for? So we've talked a little bit about the background, but like, what, what do you do as a dating coach? Most of the problems I get are, I'm not getting any matches on dating apps, or I don't know how to talk to women in real life, or I don't know how, I don't know what kind of pictures to put on my profile, I don't really know how to take a, a flattering selfie, because men don't really understand <laughs> self like how to work their angles yeah like it's it's really weird and they take the like i've seen the most unflattering photos on dating apps and i'm like dude why, why, why what are you doing so it's mostly just like how to bridge that gap and because i am a woman they think i have some sort of secret of like how do how, how do i communicate with your people and it's like 
you know, beyond that, how to talk to somebody, how, how to communicate, and, you know, how to, you know, go from dating to a real relationship, and how to navigate that after, because, you know, once you get a girlfriend, you're not done. A lot of guys think that they are, but they're not. And then I get a call, like, a month later, like, okay, so... (laughs) There's all this stuff to do now. Can we just, you know, pick up again? Interesting. It sounds like a lot of what you're doing is um, dealing with people's fears and thoughts around rejection. Yeah. And so I guess, like, first things first, what is rejection? And then what advice are you giving people to deal with rejection? Yeah, so I think perspective is very powerful, and that's what I provide people with. Because when you're alone and you feel like nobody wants you and you feel like, you know, rejection is all you're going to get, really helps to have that person telling you that, you know, not to believe the lies you tell yourself. Just, like, rooting people on, being that being that person in your corner, telling you that everything's going to be okay and today didn't work out, but tomorrow's going to. And even if tomorrow and next week and next month don't work out, it will eventually. So rejection is basically, rejection used to be going up to a girl in a bar and saying, hey, do you want to dance? And her saying no. Today, rejection is not getting matches on dating apps. Rejection is um, somebody telling you that they just want to be friends. It's posting a photo on Instagram and not getting as many likes as you wish you would have. Crushing. <laughs> My heart just broke even right? thinking it's, about it's it. We've all been there. Right. <laughs> it's sending a text message and then them leaving it on red and... Which is just ooh. cruel. Turn your red receipts off, everyone. You felt that, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, too real. So, um, technology has done a lot of wonderful things, but it also has opened us up to about, you know numerous ways to be rejected. Yeah, so many ways to reject each other. <laughs> so then I'm curious, so what type of advice do you give to someone about how to handle rejection? So I guess how to handle it gracefully on their end, but I suppose also how to treat the other person. Right. So how to handle it on their end is to realize that this, you know, this isn't the end. Like somebody doesn't like you. Big deal. It's fine. There are more people who are going to like you. And you know, there's that insecurity of, like, you know, this person doesn't want me, I'm afraid that nobody is ever going to want me, and that can be extremely painful and discouraging. But also, um, that attitude can be seen as narcissistic in a certain way, because saying that, you know, nobody's ever going to love me, you're also saying is that, well, everybody should love me and want to be with me. And that's not realistic. You know, people are allowed to not like you, and... So what I work on in order to combat that, like, because there are ways to avoid rejection and give yourself a better chance, but at the same time, there's also things you can do to have rejection resilience and sort of build an armor within yourself, a point where you can say, I really like myself, I'm comfortable with who I am, I'm trying, I'm doing my best to be better every day, this girl does not want a second date, and that's not about me. You know, it's just, it didn't click. It, I, I'm not the one for her, but I'm going to be the one for somebody else. Just really taking it in stride. Mm. And gracefully. <laughs> this, is something, this is something that's really important because I think a lot of people, especially men who get hurt and rejected, they do the absolute wrong thing. I think um, I it reminds me of all the like nice guy memes of like <laughs> when a guy's being really sweet to a girl and she rejects them and then he just like calls her a bitch or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what we do. <laughs> like, <laughs> the 
that's not how we work through things. So I think it's really important to get rejected gracefully because when you quit a job, what do you do? You give them a two weeks notice, you respect, you know, you, you work your two weeks and then you move on. You don't, you don't walk into your boss's office and, you know, tell them to get bent and peace out. Uh, you don't, you don't really know the damage you're causing when you take rejection a bad way. Um, with that job analogy of like, you know, leaving on good terms, that means that they may come back to you with a better offer. And also you'll be able to use them as a good reference for every other job you have. These, your actions will follow you. Well, it's also really interesting too, that like, there's so many reasons to reject, right? It's like you were just Mm -hmm. saying, there's so many different ways to reject now, but like, that means there's a lot of things that can fall through the cracks. So someone left you on red, but it's like, yeah, they like, just maybe they were in the middle, they're about to go into a dinner, right? And they right. Like, looked at the mess and they'll get back to you later. Or they just like, maybe they dropped their phone, their phone right. shattered, or just like, maybe they're forgetful. Like there's so many different things to do now yeah. where like they've responded to your Tinder message, but maybe like didn't respond to Instagram because like mm-hmm. they still check it. Like there's so many different reasons. And I think that it's really easy to forget that. It's really easy to like look at this one super specific thing and feel so hurt about it um, and not realize there's so many different reasons why someone might not have gotten back to you in the way that you wanted them to get back to you. And if you haven't told them that, right? Like we make all these assumptions and we have all these expectations, but we don't ever communicate about those. And so if it's really important that someone likes all of your Instagram messages or Instagram posts, you have to tell them that, right? Because like, mm-hmm. there's no way, there's no way they're gonna know that otherwise. So right, I had a guy who like messaged me, and I didn't. Um, this was like uh, back in the day, but like I had a guy message me, and he's like, "Oh, um, you know, we matched and we talked for a little bit, and then I just stopped talking to him because you know when you you forget about people, especially when you've never been on a date with somebody. They're just a voice in the ether. They're not really like them to you yet." Yeah. And um, he was like, well, why'd you stop talking to me? And I was like, oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't, when I first matched with you, I just, I didn't realize that you don't want kids. And I don't want to date anybody who never wants kids. That has literally nothing to do with you. Yeah. Or, um, you know, if you don't date smokers, it's like, I just, I can't date somebody who smokes. And that has nothing to do with you being a good or a bad person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, um, you know, maybe not having enough in common, having different religious beliefs. There are so many different reasons to reject someone that has nothing to do with their value as a human being. Mm-hmm. That's bringing up something that we, like, talk to kids about sometimes. We're talking about rejection and consent. Like, mm-hmm. this truth of... Wouldn't you much rather have someone actually tell you, like, what they want up front? And, like, what a relief to know that, like, this person really wants kids. Or, like, Mm -hmm. this person really wants this thing. Or this person really doesn't want that thing. Instead of, like, dancing around the truth. And, like, sort of reframing rejection as, like, honesty. um, And how grateful you can be for, like, someone being honest with you. As opposed to angry that, like that person doesn't want you for whatever reason. So there's there's this awesome quote. Uh, there's a show on Netflix called um, Bojack Horseman. Oh, it's like, yeah. It's like I a, that you show. Know, yeah. So there's this, there's this quote that I love in there um, where um, he, Bojack, and I think her name is Wendy, are having an argument, and they're basically breaking up. And she says, you know, it's funny when you see somebody through rose-colored glasses, all the red flags just look like flags. Mm. Huh. Yeah. So, 
when you, you know, when you meet somebody and you have this beautiful idea in your head of what, you know, you want them to be and, you know, the life that you're going to have together, instead of looking at them for who they really are and what they really want and not ignoring those things, um, you know, you're really doing yourself a big favor, mm -hmm. saving, saving yourself the heartache. So. Yeah, I like that because you're sort of framing it as like, a conversation about if you're going to be in a thing or not is like a two-way street. There's two yeah. people involved in that conversation. The rejection might be at the other end. Right. That's really interesting. Even if somebody, you know, and like even, you know, kids and in high school and stuff, if somebody doesn't want to be your friend, that's fine. That's totally cool. They're not your tribe. Like find, find the people who do like you for who you are and are interested in the same things and do think that you're a cool person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As an organization, we obviously are all about, like, talking about things, perhaps speaking about it. So I'm wondering, how does consent play into the work that you do, and how are you talking about consent with your clients? Consent comes into play all the time. And my approach, um, being ethical and practical, is I don't play with gray areas. I think it's really important, especially for men being put in, in scenarios like that, is I say, you know, treat a maybe like a no. Treat, you know, um, treat omission like a no. Treat anything that isn't a blatant and obvious yes like a no. You know, if, if somebody says yes in German and you don't speak German, treat that as a no. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, do not play with consent. This, yeah. is, this is a serious thing. Like, you know, just having that respect for somebody's personal space and their comfort and their safety is so important. There are instances where women, um, they have this idea of like the perfect guy that they want and they want him to be strong and dominant and sexy and like, you know, they, they want to be chased. They want that um, sort of uh, traditional, traditional, uh, you know, white horse knight, you mm. know. But um, that's not really, <laughs> that's not really um, productive, you know, when you're on a first date with a guy. And because um, I've had guys say like, well, I asked her to kiss me and she like stepped back and kind of got turned off and said, well, not really now that you've asked. Like... It, the, she's just not your person. Like, you've, you've met a woman who had, has made you uncomfortable and put you in a situation that you don't want to be in. And men don't really think about this a lot, but it's important to find somebody who makes you feel comfortable, makes you feel safe, because they feel like that burden is often laid on them of, like, making a girl feel, feel safe and comfortable and protected. And, you know, it goes both ways. So, I, I like, people fall into these... these tropes and these gender roles all the time but I'm kind of trying to um, with my work kind of break that barrier and make both people accountable for how they're making the other person feel in the positions they put them in I really loved the, the piece you said about like oh if like if that person isn't into you asking like that person doesn't share the same language as you and like that's okay um, they don't have to be that person for you um, I think giving people permission to like prioritize consent in their lives especially for men because I think this conversation can often make them feel on the defensive um, about consent and it's a way to like get them back in the game right. and in that moment I had to like I'm just like no no she's taught you a really poor lesson mm -hmm. <laughs> like um, 
you have to think and you have to think in that situation like is it worse to have um a woman be like ew like i can't believe you're asking me that's so like like what a loser like would you rather have a girl do that or would you rather try to kiss a girl and have her push you away now you've made somebody feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. yeah, you risk hurting someone yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's so funny because like with every passing day I become more of like a middle-aged father <laughs> like no one can see me but I'm wearing a cardigan right now and I said like jeepers three times today um but with one of those things it's almost like um if all your friends are jumping off bridges would you do it too that like you don't want to be around someone that's encouraging you to, like, do bad behavior, right? Mm. And, like, encouraging you to, like, do things that are unhealthy. And if someone's encouraging the type of dynamic where you're doing something that might hurt someone, you're not taking the safety and the comfort of people around you into consideration, that's not a great person for you to be around, you know? Like, there's all types of other, like we said, red flags, right, that pop up um, Mm. in relationships and about people. And that's a really good thing that you uh, mentioned to your clients, that, like, this might not be the person for you, right? If they don't value having an open, honest conversation and sharing about those emotions, then, like, this probably isn't going to be a super harmonious relationship for you. Yeah, right. And, I mean, there's, there's like, a, a, an appropriate um, level for everything. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. telling people that, like, you have to ask your girlfriend every time you want to kiss her. <laughs> for every day right, for the rest right? of Right, <laughs> Like, this was a first date. Like, mm-hmm. there is the person that you want in a relationship, but I think people kind of... Um, uh, they they don't like recognize where they they're at and take a step back. It's like oh this guy doesn't know me. He doesn't understand like that. This is what I want in a relationship. You've got to give him. You've got to grow into these things. Mm. We're talking a lot about like your clients being rejected. How do you prepare them to like reject someone else? Like what do you think it looks like to reject in a way that is like kind mm. and humane? Or do you think yes. that's important? Yeah. Oh yeah, so mm. important. So. Um, like the, I mean, you have that whole job analogy, like you wouldn't, you know, when you move out of an apartment, out of an apartment, you wouldn't leave it trashed because then that landlord is not going to give you a good reference in the future. And like, I do, I do think that thinking karmically is, um, is important in a way because these things will always come back to you. And of course, like Maine is a small state, like, <laughs> you know, somebody who knows somebody who dated somebody and like, oh yeah, you met this guy. And, uh, yeah, he actually cheated on his ex-girlfriend, by the way. Like, you don't want things <laughs> things like these to happen. So when you're rejected, there is that um, whole thing of, like, it. you know, it's okay to be hurt, but you have to be hurt in a very um, graceful and vulnerable way while also be, being confident in yourself. There's a difference between somebody saying, I don't want a second date, and you being like, yeah, well, you're not pretty enough for me anyway. I was actually, like, settling for you, so whatever. (laughs) Um, There's a difference between that and being like, oh, well, sorry to hear that. Uh, um, I'm sorry you feel that way. Uh, It was really nice meeting you anyway. Best of luck. Mm -hmm. You leave that on a positive note, and even even then, maybe this girl's like, oh, my gosh. Uh Uh-oh. Maybe, you know, she'll second-guess herself a little bit, bit and be like, huh, okay. All right. And um, she doesn't. It's just like nice. Right. It's like be a nice person. <laughs> right. Right. And I mean, I've had people who like I, who I've rejected, and then we, you know, we see each other four months later, and they're at a different part in their part in their life, and they're not like the mess that I met four months ago, and they're in a better place. You know, there there is something to be said for growing as a person.
you just said the mess that I met four months ago, and I was like, that's the name of my dating memoirs. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, and, you know, so yeah, but maybe, you know, maybe somebody doesn't like the, the version of you that you've introduced them to mm. now, but maybe, like, you'll cross paths two years from now and be like, whoa, okay, yeah. so yeah. you've been, you've been doing some work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That isn't to say to, like, badger them for the next two years. No, <laughs> They meet your best version of yourself. Systematically check in every and six people, months. No. <laughs> no, guys, don't do that. Absolutely <laughs> not. And people get so hung up on closure. Ugh. They want, they want to know why. They want the mm-hmm. reasoning why that you don't want to be with them. And I'm sorry, but somebody not texting you back is closure. Somebody telling you they're not interested is closure. You do not need to know anything else. Move on. That is not oh your personal. Oh my move god, on. I'm dancing right now. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, that's such an important <laughs> point. Because I like I was talking to a friend at one point and like they know my job, they know me as a person, and they like wanted closure so bad. And I was like, but why? Like like this like you and this person both decided you didn't want to be dating you guys weren't super happy together why do you need this closure so much like if they're saying they don't want to give that to you and like well how can you say that like you you work speak about it you love talking about feelings just like yeah but like to an extent right but like it sounds like like you said the closure's there you both weren't happy in the relationship the relationship is over they don't want to talk to you anymore so obviously like the all the other reasons and there aren't important they just don't want this interaction anymore and it's if they're in a place where they want to give it to you at some point, sure, they can reach out, because they know you are interested, but badgering them, asking for closure, and making them feel guilty for not giving it to you, that's cruel, like, and that's unnecessary, you know? Because no one owes you anything, even closure. And it's also just an unattractive quality. It's like, oof, you're, you're basically just proving to them that they were right. Yeah. You know? Hmm. And so, and I mean, even even in breakups, like, I have people who, like, badger, you know, like, We've been together for three, three to seven to ten, fifteen years, whatever. Like they don't want to be with me anymore. Like they're they're wrong. Like why are you gonna throw away all of that time and energy? And it's like, listen, you can't badger somebody and tell them they're wrong. When somebody breaks up with you after that long of a period of time, they didn't just decide that day. They've gone over the pros and cons. You have to think about the fact that when somebody breaks up with you, they've been thinking about it. They've gone over the pros, the cons, the life changes, the, you know, they've gone over everything and they've decided that this is something that they want. Mm -hmm. So badgering them and pushing them because you just, you know, this just got shoved on you today is just not, it's not productive. That's hard because like it does require a certain amount of starting over or quote unquote starting over, which can be unpleasant. Um, but also, like, what a great time to reframe and be like, cool, I'm really lucky that someone likes me enough to be with me for that long, right? Like, really reaffirming, but like, cool, I was with someone for a long time, and that's really... And even if it wasn't a long time, even if it was just, like, a week, and you guys had a lovely time for a week, like, that's... It's just nice to know that you, like, were able to connect for a little bit, and, like, that's so much opportunity to find another really great opportunity, you know? Mm-hmm. That sounds like a lot more, like, rejection, resilience advice, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So yeah. I'm curious, because mm-hmm. I feel like we're at a good place where we've, like, done a lot of talking about these like, really intense theoreticals and about what it means to, like, reject gracefully and be rejected gracefully, but it wouldn't be hot goss without getting to some hot goss. Some hot goss. And so, um, yeah, so I'm curious, like, what's, like, the worst piece of dating advice that you've heard? Ooh. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) Ooh. 
So, <laughs> one of the biggest reasons that motivates me to be a dating coach is the fact that men get the worst advice thrown at them. Some of the worst pieces of dating advice I, I've seen are methods like negging. Mm. Oh, yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, is when you just like, not really an insult, but say something to make a girl like just a little bit insecure so she feels like she, you know, has to please you in some way or has to like sell you on herself in a little bit of a way, you know, instead of giving her an outright compliment. You know, how to make a girl insecure enough with herself to settle with you. Oh my Gross. God. Ew. <laughs> I know. So like, so that that's why I try and like, I want men to be attractive to women without making them feel bad about themselves and without lying to them and gaslighting mm. them and making them feel less valued so that they feel like they need that guy more. That is so toxic and unhealthy. Yeah. Anything that can be categorized as like how to play the game, no. That's not that's yeah. not what we're doing. We're, that's not what we do anymore. This yeah. it's not cool. The game it's is weird. over. It's 2019, right? Yeah. The world is ending. It's Talk time. about your feelings. Uh, game uh, over. Talk about your feelings. That's too real. Put it on a shirt. <laughs> do you have any like favorite dating advice that you've read or seen or like heard? I don't know if it's my favorite, but something that I have to say all the time is you're not done yet. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you have a girlfriend. I don't care if, you know, you got that first date. You are not done yet. You're not done growing. One of my least favorite things is that, that um, I don't even know if it's like a real quote from Marilyn Monroe, but it's that one of like, if you can't love me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. And I, I don't subscribe to that mentality of like, this is who I am, deal with it. Hmm. Because then you're just, you're just rejecting any kind of potential growth. Mm. You know, we're, I'm not the same person I was a year ago, and I'm so grateful for that. I would not have dated me five years ago. My gosh. Mm. No. <laughs> I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't know how to express my feelings. I didn't know how to treat the person that I was with. Like, we're all learning, and we should all strive to be better in that sense. So, like... It's not about, like, being in a relationship and having your significant other be like, well, I don't like this thing that you're doing and it's really bothering me and them coming back with, like, you knew who I was when you met me and I'm not changing. Like, no, we're, we're not, we're never going to be done growing. And once you really see that and really value that, like, you open yourself up to so many possibilities and wonderful experiences. Cool. That's huge. I feel like that yeah. is a really a beautiful, like, bow to tie things up with. Yeah. Um, where can we find you on the internet? Where can we send you all our questions? If you want more advice. <laughs> <laughs> if you want more advice, um, mainwingwoman.com, mainwingwoman at gmail is my email, and also I just made an Instagram. It's, it's I just like followed. It's, me- very good. it's like all memes right now, but <laughs> there is some good advice in there. Um, a lot of, like, free advice, which is awesome. So you can either schedule a consultation or, like, I do um, free 30-minute consultations because, you know, it's it's that thing. It's kind of like a first date where it's like, yeah. are you, it, do you want to do this? Are you the right coach for me? Like, mm-hmm. do you, like is this something that we can agree on and something that we want to work on together? Mm-hmm. Finding a right dating coach is a lot like finding, like, a personal trainer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've been trying to really, like, um, 
put out more generalized free content because I understand that not everybody can um, afford a dating coach because it, sure. it's a luxury service like not every like it's like not everybody has a can afford a personal trainer mm-hmm. like so I get that so I do I do I am working on a lot of like free content for people cool just little snippet snippets here and there my last thought is that just acknowledge that we did spend a lot of time talking within like the heteronormative confines mm-hmm, and just right. saying that like that this advice is so universal and it feels like all these topics, all these lessons um, are really appropriate no matter what your identities are, no matter what your orientation is, no mm-hmm. matter who you're going on dates with. But like rejection is something that we will all face in some form at some point in life. Um, and so just want to point that out to like any other identities that you were seen and valued and appreciated, but just we have an expert that has a specific area of expertise. Right. I ask people all the time, just disregard my pronouns right now and think about the concept Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it really is universal, especially Mm -hmm. things like rejection. They really are a universal problem that everybody deals with Mm -hmm. no matter like what you look like, who you are, how old you are, like everybody deals with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm curious if anyone feels like there is something that's really unique to a particular identity or a particular um, interaction dynamic, please let us know. And that's something that we can maybe do a follow-up about or we can mm-hmm. maybe reach out to Danica and get some information on. So um, yeah, let yeah. us know. So this was so much fun. <laughs> I would talk to you all day if I had the chance. Um, I just want to say our final thank yous. To Danica, Main Wing Woman. Yay! Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you Thanks. so much. And we will be back at it next month with a new episode of Hot Goss. Excellent. Thank you, Goslings. Bye. 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 Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Just a reminder to subscribe to the Hot Goss Cast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review or a really nice comment, and you can follow Speak About It as we tour the country educating all sorts of people about consent. You can find us on social media at We Speak About It. Thanks.